This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the MLB.com StatCast podcast. I'm your host, Mike Petriello. Joining me here, MLB.com National Editor Matt Myers. Matt, we have an action-packed show today, right? And we, we put out a brand new metric literally just yesterday that we teased a couple weeks ago uh, called Sprint Speed. So we're going to talk about our fastest and uh, most interesting guys from the new Sprint Speed metric. Uh, we have to talk about Miguel Montero and Jake Arrieta because that was a whole thing yesterday. There's lots of news going on with that. And we can put StatCast numbers to it, which is really cool. Uh, and we're going to talk about a new entrant into the StatCast Hall of Fame, and we're going to take a reader question, or, or listener question, I guess you don't read. Uh, so that's going to be an interesting show. Matt, where do you want to start? Uh, Montero, this is the news right now. This is what everyone in baseball is talking about. Miguel Montero throwing Jake Arrieta under the bus and then getting designated for assignment 12 like, hours later. Like an hour ago, he <laughs> got designated for assignment. So, yeah, to set the scene last night, uh, Cubs, Nationals, Miguel Montero is just getting abused on the base pass. Turner, Trey Turner had, what, four steals, I think. Montero gave up seven total steals. And uh, here's the quote that Montero uh, gave. He basically said this, It really sucked because the stolen bases go to me. And when you really look at it, the pitcher doesn't give me any time. So it's just like, yeah, okay, Mickey can't throw nobody out. But my pitchers don't hold anybody on. Now, I don't think we have a way to measure the tire tracks on the back of Jake Arrieta from that, but I imagine they'd be very wide. But it's interesting, right, because you've got a combination of, uh, we know Trey Turner has elite speed, which we'll get to in a second. We're pretty sure Miguel Montero is not great behind the plate. Now, I should say he's a very good pitch framer, uh, but as a, a receiver, as throwing guys out, maybe not so much. And then the question is, is Jake Arrieta fast to the plate? So it's kind of like the perfect controversy to apply StatCast to. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about this a lot. It's like sort of the pie chart of, of stolen bases, how much is each person's responsibility? How much is it the ba- how much is it the runner? How much is it the pitcher? And how much is it the catcher? I've d- I've looked at all this and I've decided that everybody is right and everybody is wrong. Let's start with Montero since he's the one who just lost his job, uh, as I said about an hour ago. Miguel Montero is not a very good pop time catcher. And if you don't know pop time, it's basically the time between when the catcher receives the ball and when the infielder receives the ball. So it's a combination of how quickly do you get the ball out of your glove and how quickly, you know, how strong of an arm do you have to get the ball down there. So uh, this year, we have 52 different catchers who had at least five attempted steals of second base against them. We'll just stick with second base, keep it all consistent. Of those 52 st- uh, catchers, Miguel Montero's pop time of 2.12 seconds, tied for 52nd. Not so great. Uh, last year, I looked at the exact same thing. 76 catchers had at least five attempted steals. He had a uh, 2.05 pop time, so very similar, uh, and it was tied for 55th of 76. Near the bottom in both ways. Uh, The league average, by the way, is two seconds. The top guy in both seasons, uh, 1.88 this year. It's Austin Hedges. Last year, it's Christian Betancourt. We are talking about fractions of a second here, but clearly this matters. It matters a lot. It's actually some really nice symmetry. The average, 
two exactly two seconds. I love the it. The highest is 1.88, so 0.12 seconds. The lowest is 2.12, 0.12 seconds. So we it's just like invented it's a, a range. <laughs> it's perfect. It is, it's perfect. Now, uh, later on uh, today, actually, Anthony Rizzo was on the radio, and he said, well, we have another catcher who throws out everybody, kind of defending you know, his pitcher. He was talking about Wilson Contreras. Uh, last year, Wilson Contreras, 1.94 seconds, tied for eighth best. This year, Wilson Contreras, 1.93 seconds, tied for eighth best. That's consistency if I've heard it. So I think it's pretty fair to say Miguel Montero, not a strong catcher in terms of pop top. And in terms of, you know, the, the traditional numbers with Montero, Montero behind the plate, base, stolen, base runners are one for 32 in stolen base attempts this season. Contr- uh, Contreras behind the plate in about twice, more than twice as many innings, 13 for 44. So Contreras... Still not good, despite the great pop time. Still a middle, it's like a 34% uh, uh, caught stealing rate. So the fact of the matter is, there is something telling us that maybe Cubs pitchers are not great at holding runners on. Well, so we all, we all know the John Lester story, but specifically to Arietta, you know, everybody wants to know, well, how quick is he to the plate? We're still working on that. We haven't put those numbers out publicly yet because we need to have a good way to put context to them. And uh, measuring release time is actually more complicated than you think because it's not always clear when the clock starts. Watch, watch Johnny Cueto. Watch him shimmy. You know, when does the clock actually start there? It, it's, it's really kind of a fascinating topic. Um, but I thought this was interesting. So our friend Travis Sotrick at Fangraphs actually went through each one of these plays from last night frame by frame. And he basically came to the conclusion that Arietta is also extremely slow to the plate compared to other pitchers. He looked at seven, the seven stolen base attempts. Uh, four of them didn't even get throws because the runner was so far off the base. Uh, two were slow relative to, relative to league average uh, and one that appeared slow. Arietta was slow pretty much every single time. And Montero is slow pretty much every single time. So this is the perfect combination of two guys who shouldn't be working together uh, and won't be. Yeah, well, uh, Travis did the hand timing. He basically timed about 1.5 seconds. Didn't have anything below 1.5 seconds in, from first movement to ball hitting the glove uh, for Arietta. And for a little context, Scout's rule of thumb is generally, I think, 1.3 seconds is, is good. So 1.5 seconds, anything 1.3 and below is good. So 1.5 seconds is very slow. And again, if you look at the traditional numbers... Jake Arrieta has been very poor. So our Cubs.com beat reporter Carrie Musket talked to Montero, and what did he say? Montero says, I said to Jake, it's frustrating for me as well. And Arietta replied, what you said is true. So it's kind of interesting. You shouldn't go torch your own starting pitcher, but it's not necessarily that the facts are wrong. It's maybe the approach he did it. And uh, there are a few players in baseball who get less slack than the backup catcher. <laughs> um, to, put some, to put some more numbers behind that again, we're going old school here. Uh, Arietta has allowed 65 stolen bases since the start of 2015. That is the second most in MLB behind only John Lester, who, his teammate who has allowed... 80 in that time. Uh, and there have just been 11 caught stealings against uh, Arietta in that time frame. So 65, base stealers are 65 for 76 against them, 85.5%. Uh, that's the fifth highest in MLB in that time frame, minimum three innings, innings, 300 innings pitched. So the fact of the matter is, and this speaks to what Montero's saying, it also goes to what we were saying about Contreras, who has elite pop times but is not that good at throwing out base stealers. Cubs pitchers are slow to the plate. So Cubs pitchers are slow. Montero is slow, and Trey Turner is very fast, uh, and it seems to me that is a recipe for a whole bunch of stolen bases, which we saw last night. So that's kind of an interesting and unexpected sackcast story that we had some fun with. Um, speaking of, of pop times, and this kind of transition us to our next segment here, JT Realmuto, by the way, we missed this a couple weeks ago. This should have been in our Hall of Fame, but I, I don't know. We didn't see it or whatever. On April 27th, JT Realmuto popped a 1.38 to third base to get Odubel Herrera, and that's the fastest we've ever tracked. Now, 
the average, as I said before, where to second base, third base is usually a little faster than that. Uh, but 1.38 is insane. That's the best we've ever tracked. This is uh, at the end of April. So yeah. we, I think we should have pointed that out at the time. And also, in, uh, JT Realmuto is sort of one of the stars of sprint speed, which we're about to get to. Um, and Mike did a story on the, on the site today highlighting why Realmuto is the most athletic catcher in baseball, if you want to give a brief synopsis. I'm, I'm going to give a, a large synopsis of that. But first, just a quick reminder about our Fantasy 4-on-1 podcast. Uh, if you do want to win your Fantasy League, if you're playing 10-team head-to-head, 20-team expert Dynasty format, it doesn't matter. Fred Zinke and Matthew Leach will give you the edge. Last week, they talked about who's better, Judge or Bellinger from a fantasy perspective, which is fascinating, uh, and then went through a few widely available starters. So make sure you subscribe to Fantasy 4-on-1 on iTunes today. Uh, and as Matt said, we've been talking a lot about Sprint Speed and JT Romuto this week. So we introduced, reintroduced, I guess, because we've talked about it before, Sprint Speed yesterday. And it is available on BaseballSavant.com. You can get base running Sprint Speed times for any qualified player in baseball. There's about 350 of them up for this season right now. And going back to the last three seasons. So you can make some really interesting comparisons. Now, what is Sprint Speed? It is defined as feet per second in a player's fastest one-second window. Uh, and if you think about, well, why feet per second? Why not miles per hour? Feet and seconds just make a whole lot more sense in the context of a baseball field. You know, you're running 50 feet in 2.5 seconds. Miles and hours don't really help you out too much there. It gets a little complicated. So we define it as feet per second. The major league average, 27 feet per second. That's the number to remember, 27 feet per second. 27 on what we define as max effort Correct. I was going to get to that point in one second. The slowest guys are around 23. The elite guys are around 30. And yes, as Matt was saying, the way we actually take this is we look at all of the plays we've defined as being max effort plays. So we've taken out what we hope are, you know, the easy jogs to first base on pop-ups, running out of ground or that kind of thing. Uh, And we take the fastest of those remaining qualified plays and we average the top 50%. And that gets us to uh, a very satisfying list. Uh, Billy Hamilton and Byron Buxton are one, two on the list. The bottom 25 are almost entirely catchers and DHs. And that's exactly what a, kind of, a list like this has to say. Now, JT Romuto, this is a guy who stood out to me as soon as I saw this list. He has an average sprint speed of 28.4 feet per second. Now, I said the major league average is 27. The catcher average is more like 25. Uh, and we also said JT Romuto is elite at pop time. So when I look at this guy, I see, uh, you know, we knew he was a, he was a wrestler in high school. He played shortstop in high school. He's actually drafted as a shortstop. He could have played D1 quarterback. This guy is an actual athlete. So when I wrote about him this morning, I just it's really interesting to me to see a guy you don't think about that much uh, in terms of being like a, a big-time catcher like Gary Sanchez. This guy is unbelievably athletic. He's faster than, than uh, Jeff Peterson. He's faster than Corey Seager and, like, and John Jay. These guys who play these skill positions, this guy's a catcher. It's unbelievable. It's pretty awesome. That's, I mean, that's one of the... Uh one of the more fun things has been to dig through the leaderboard and sort of pull out these surprises, these, these players who, who show up uh, in places you wouldn't otherwise expect. Should we get to it right now? Well, I, should have, I should have introduced at the top that one of the other things we're going to have is that Matt would have yet another unexpected Luis Perdomo fun fact. I thought we are going to get to that a little later. Before <laughs> well, we then I'll tease that now. Matt will have another unexpected Luis Perdomo fun fact. And as he said to me before, I don't seek them out. They seek me out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we'll get back to that. Who else on this the uh, the speed list kind of like stood out to you? The one that stood out to me more just 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 punched me in the face. Cody Bellinger, in addition to being maybe the best young slugger in baseball, also surprisingly fast. Uh, his sprint speed, uh, max aver- his max effort average, twenty eight point seven feet per second. While that isn't quite like elite, that is definitely like what you would probably call sixty five grade speed by a scout. That is 
faster than Mike Trout. And, th- and that's, he's a first baseman, but he can play center field. He's played a lot of the outfield, and he's young. Uh, I-, I thought that was interesting. So another thing Cody Bellinger is great yeah, at. And you would never, I mean, because you, you just look at him, you associate him with power. He doesn't fit the profile of being a fast guy, but he obviously is, and we now have data that shows, oh my goodness, Cody Bellinger really fast. And kind of on that topic, what really stood out to me was, uh, was the youth. Right, because if you look at the top, uh, I think dozen or so right now. Uh, like I said, you know Hamilton and Buxton number one, two as you expect. D Gordon's up there, Keon Broxton's up there, uh, but Bradley Zimmer is top five right now. As of this morning, Rymel Tapia of Colorado is top five. Franche, I think it's Franche Cordero from San Diego is top five. Manny Margot is uh, is top you know ten I think. Uh, youth correlates to this extremely extremely well. I'm actually like right in the middle of writing about this right now and it's just going to be really interesting the youngest team and we're going to get to teams in a second the youngest team is the fastest team and the oldest team is the slowest team that, that works out so unbelievably well and if you look at the aging curve just i've done very little research on this so far but it looks like the last time the collective group of major leaguers are above the average of 27 feet per second is at age 28 and then for the next three or four years, they kind of hover just below the average. And then at 33, it's like straight downhill from there, which is, it makes sense. I'm 35. I feel exactly that way. That's perfect. <laughs> Who else? So, Who else um, did you like? For me, someone who's, who stood out as sort of surprisingly not fast was Jonathan VR, who um, we have this year at 27.2 feet per second, which is barely above average. This guy led the majors in stolen bases last year. And I know he's had some injuries this year, but... Even last year, when he led the majors in stolen bases, he was 27.7 feet per second. So this, to me, he suddenly becomes a lot more fascinating because he's clearly stealing bases with more than just pure speed. There's definitely going to be guys like that. I mean, we know Paul Goldschmidt, right? He's stealing a ton of bases. He's not super-duper fast. Uh, What I found interesting was kind of looking at how some of these guys have had to deal with injuries, like you said. When I looked at the three biggest decliners, now, if you think about it from year to year, this is remarkably consistent. Billy Hamilton was fast last year. He's going to be fast this year. Most guys don't change all that much. Uh, The three biggest decliners this year, Adrian Beltre, calf injury, Josh Donaldson, calf injury, and Luis Valbuena, hamstring injury. And I thought that was really cool. That made a lot of sense to me. And in, in particular, I looked at the Mets because it, stu- it stood out to me. Yoenis Cespedes this year, 27 feet per second, league average. Travis Darneau, 27 feet per second, league average. Now, you can look at that however you want. Is that impressive for Darneau? Is it depressing for Cespedes? They shouldn't be equal, right? But we all know that he's been playing through pain. He's been hobbling around. I looked at the same two guys last year. Cespedes, 27.9. Darneau, 27.2. The year before, Cespedes, 28.6. And Darneau, 26.6. That's a, a drop pretty much every single year by almost a foot per second for Cespedes. That is a lot. Yeah, and you, and you look at, I mean, you, you think back to years ago when the Mets got Cespedes and put him in center field, and when you think, well, if, he's, if that's his speed then, at least, like, he could, he could fake it. I mean, right now they're playing Granderson in center field, and Granderson is, like, is slower than both of them. He's, like, 26.8 feet per second, I think. He's tied with Peterson for the slowest center fielder in baseball, but... You're right. He's 36 years old. He shouldn't really be playing center field. He's kind of doing a decent job, all things considered. Yeah. So, but the point is that, like, when the Mets put Cespedes there, yeah, he was a lot of place. He's, you know, but at the same time, at least then he had the speed of a center fielder, which he clearly no longer has. Although part of that has to do with the fact that, you know, he had a really bad hamstring injury. Right. So, I mean, it's kind of a cool tool. Right now, we've only got up seasonal averages, but I hope in the future we'll be able to put up some kind of, you know, monthly or rolling score or something so you can get a better eye uh, of the trends of these guys. Now we can do it, right? Now we can do it? Um, yes, I think we can do it. All right. So 
We have done this at Baseball Savant, and you can sort it by position. There's a very cool interactive chart. You can really see what positions are what. We didn't put up uh, pitchers just because pitchers don't have a great sample size. There's not that many. But since he was asked, our friend Tom Tango actually ran it for pitchers. And I swear I did not get a chance to look at the leaderboard before we posted it. And he just did it in reply to someone's tweet. And number one in sprint speed of every pitcher in baseball, Luis Pernomo. I swear this is true. I saw this last night, and I almost fell off my couch. I couldn't believe it. It's so perfect. It's just like the best thing that could happen to this show. <laughs> Luis Pernomo is the most interesting player in baseball. And I'm not sure there's, there should really be any, any discussion about this Should we this get anymore. him to the All-Star game somehow? This, he should be the one racing the freeze at the All-Star game. <laughs> By the way, that's a slight digression. When I saw the sprint speed thing and I saw that Bradley Zimmer was number three in sprint speed, I was pretty fired up because Bradley Zimmer on Twitter last week challenged the freeze to a race. Uh, a digression to your digression. Darren and I received approximately 11,000 questions about this, the freeze's sprint speed yesterday. And the answer is I don't have it yet, but the next home game we're going to try our best. I don't know if it's going to work. I'm not promising anything, but we're going to work on that. But back to Luis Perdomo. Luis Perdomo. 29.1 feet per second. Again, small sample size. However, and this is the mind-blowing stat cast fact of the day, Luis Perdomo, according to sprint speed, faster than Trey Turner. I mean, if you... I don't not, want to invalidate our whole, like, metric If here. you are not on Luis Perdomo bandwagon at this point, I don't know what you're doing. Um, but we've already talked about him on the show for having hit two triples this year. The first pitcher to hit two triples in a season since uh, Dontrell Willis, I think, 10 years ago. So at least there is some evidence that he has some speed. My, my guess is with more sample, that's going to come down a little bit. Probably. Uh, but as you said, he, he did the first thing. You know, no pitcher's done that in 10 years. I mean, that's legit. You can't fake that. Yeah, and I mean, if you look, it's like he, he's at 29.1, and the next pitcher is Carlos Martinez at 27.9. So basically, he is to pitchers what JT Ramuto is to catchers in terms of speed. It's like he is one standard deviation. <laughs> I just I just realized we promised like three weeks ago we were going to cool it on Padre talk, and we're totally going to do the exact opposite of that today uh, because we're going to move on, and we're going to look at the fastest teams. Right? I, I encourage you, by the way, to go to baseballsavant.com and, and – you know, look at the numbers yourself. Do any research you want. It's really, really interesting, I think, because it's a very, very satisfying list. Let's – oh, I, I, well, let's look at teams, right? Who's the – I said the oldest team is the slowest team, and the fastest team is the youngest team, and that's going to be very important. Age matters with this so, so much. Uh, the oldest team in baseball is the Toronto Blue Jays. They're the slowest team in baseball. That, that makes sense. We all know Jose Bautista, you know, is a little older. So he's had leg injuries. Um, Troy Tulowitzki's kind of declined a little bit in the last couple of years. He's the slowest shortstop. Hasn't really hit since he left Colorado, so that kind of makes sense. Justin Smoke is not a guy you'd think of as a burner, so Kendrick's Morales, right? That all makes sense. Uh, the fastest team in baseball, there's actually two tied. Uh, this changed as of yesterday. I was going to be able to say the fastest. Now i got to say two teams are tied for the fastest. Uh, it's the San Diego Padres. But think about that. They're the youngest team in baseball by kind of a lot, right? They've got three different Rule 5 picks. Uh, really, other than like Eric Ibar, this is a team full of guys who are 25 years old and getting their first shot at the big leagues. And not to mention the fact that they have the fastest first baseman in baseball, uh, Will Myers. Who is actually like the JT Romuto of first base. But, you know, who is he? He's a 26-year-old who played center field two years ago. He's not your traditional first base type, but he is up by almost a full foot per second. Over and the next I, I would like to point out that this is based on position players, this team speed. So we are not factoring in Luis Perdomo <laughs> into the team speed. So I actually think that we can make an exception and say they are slightly faster than the Marlins based on having by far the fastest pitcher in the game. That's a, that's a solid tiebreaker. Uh, the judges will allow it. Uh, but it was interesting. I'm looking here at a list of all the 
qualified Padres, of which I, I think there's about a dozen here, and 10 of them are at average or higher. And even like Austin Hedges, who's the, the slowest Padre, 26.5, that's, that's actually pretty good for a catcher. I think he might be the second fastest catcher. So pretty much everybody on this team uh, is average or, or considerably above average. Franchet Cordero, 29.6, that's elite. Manny Margot, 29.2. Alan Cordoba, I know these aren't really household names, but that's kind of the point. These young guys can really fly. The um, there are 16 players on the list currently, uh, not including pitchers. Uh, so I guess 17 if you count Perdomo. 16 guys, 16 position players who are at 29 feet per second or better, and the Padres have three of them. Right, <laughs> and they would have had another one most likely if Travis Jankowski wasn't hurt, because he can fly too. We saw this last year. He doesn't even count right now. But if you look at this list, like Jose Perella, I know you know nobody knows. He's not a household name, but these guys who can really run. Will Meyer stands out. You know, even like Corey Spangenberg and Ryan Schimpf are like slightly above average. Uh, it's not an exact correlation to success, obviously, but I think it's really interesting. And then if you look at the Marlins, obviously we just talked about Real Muto a lot. So not having a catcher who's an anchor, I think, helps your team average considerably. But also D Gordon. D Gordon is elite. D Gordon, 29.3, one of the six or seven fastest players in baseball. You know, Christian Yelich is above average. Uh, JT Riddle, Marcelo Zuna, even Giancarlo Stanton is slightly above average. Uh, the only like truly slow player they have is Justin Bohr, who is a slugging first baseman. He kind of fits that that archetype. Uh, so I, that, that's the fastest teams right there, and I think that's cool. And on the other end, you have Baltimore. You've got Toronto. You've got these older, sluggery teams. It fits exactly what you would think, which is cool. Yeah, I mean, last year, Baltimore was notorious for not trying to steal bases. And, well, based on the numbers, uh, it's pretty clear that they were doing the right thing because they did not have the uh, the speed to, uh, to make that a successful strategy for them. Uh, we had a question. I thought this was a very good question. Uh, this is from Hunter, and he wanted to know how many 100% hit probability balls have been hit that weren't home runs. And I think about that for a second. Hit probability is based on exit velocity. It's based on launch angle. And it's based on how often that combination has turned into a base hit. So if you you know, are Aaron Judge and you hit a ball that's going to go 500 feet, probably 100% hit probability. Most of those balls are home runs. What happened, I guess, uh, a couple days ago, Lucas Duda hit a ball 114.5 miles an hour, 24 degrees, and that was a projected 425 feet. And it didn't go out. There's not a lot of ballparks that could even happen in. So it went to the triangle in deep right center in, center, in uh, San Francisco. And not only that, it hit like 10 feet up on this brick wall. This ball is out of pretty much every single park. I think it's even more. I think it's higher than 10 feet. I think it's like 20 feet high up there. Like well, I mean where the ball hits. I, uh, yeah. The wall is higher. It didn't hit like the very top, I don't think. But, they did, but they did, it was close enough that they reviewed it to think it was, yeah. to see if it was a home run. Right. So, I mean, this ball was an absolute shot. And uh, it, it, it read out 100% hit probability. Technically, it was 99.5, but, you know, we'll call it 100. So here's the question. How many other times has there been a ball that had a high, such a high hit probability that didn't actually go for a home run, and that was a hit? And the answer is never. <laughs> it's never happened. It was a, this is a great question. I actually enjoyed looking this up. The closest was uh, in 2015, Andrew McCutcheon hit a ball that had a 98.8% hit probability, and this one was interesting too. 110 miles an hour off the bat, uh, 25 degrees of projected 408. It actually was a Wrigley Field ground rule double because it hit the ivy and just kind of stuck there. So <laughs> that was cool, too. So uh, this is a great question because we've really found two very interesting balls. So I like that. More yeah. questions, please. And uh, yeah. I will remember to ask for questions more than 20 minutes before the show so I can actually research some yeah. of these I'm, things. I'm starting to think that maybe Duda should have been the, uh, should have been the StatCast Hall of Fame this week, but we do have a, a very good, uh, very good uh, inductee anyway. Yeah, you know, I thought about that as I was writing it, but then I figured, well, I'd already talked about Javi Baez. So we, I don't think we've had a Javi Baez play in the Hall of Fame yet. And it's a nice bookend. We started with some... 
Maybe Cubs. negativity around the Cubs. We can end with some positivity around the Cubs. So, Javier Baez, on Monday night, Cubs at Nationals. Cubs are up 2-0 in the bottom of the eighth inning, and Adam Lind is batting. And, uh, and Addison Russell was out, so Javier Baez is playing shortstop. Adam Lind pops a ball uh, down the left field line, basically right, you know, in, not quite into the stands, but against the tarp, essentially. And they were, they were shifting him. And they were doing and one of those shifts him. where, I guess, I'm, I'm not even sure, was it Bryant playing third? Was Bryant was playing... Bryant was playing in... Yeah, he was the third baseman playing on the right side. So was, Javi Baez was the furthest towards the left field line of any one of the and Cubs infielders. More or less like straight up the middle. You know, a little bit shifted over to the left and that. So Javi Baez had to go 132 feet to catch this ball. And think about that. Base to base is 90 feet. So he does that and then almost half again. Uh, and he makes a great catch and he rolls into the tarp and you know everybody cheered. It was a fantastic play. 132 feet to make the out. That is the longest distance by a shortstop to make an out that StatCast has ever, uh, has ever captured. The previous was uh, in April of 2016 by Manny Machado, when he was playing shortstop, 129 feet. So it looked good. The data said it was good. I also found this interesting. His sprint speed on defense was 28.5 feet per second. His uh, max, uh, max effort average as a hitter, 28 feet per second, which is that's perfect. That's exactly what he was. He was giving it a little bit extra. He made a great play. And uh, I like the quote from Joe Madden here. That pop-up was stupid good. He went so far. That's what he said. Yeah, I mean, what stood out to me was that he, he sort of basically reached what's clearly like the, the peak of his speed, essentially, and it was up against the wall. So he actually had to get there, and he had to slide to avoid, basically, to prevent himself from, like, flying face first into the stands. And he sort of made, it wasn't exactly graceful, but it was a, a beautiful catch. The, the Machado play, which I watched after... Once I looked this up, was like it actually was pretty far down the left field line. I think the left fielder was playing very shaded. So like Machado basically went like it was almost like in 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 left field. But he made it look graceful. Yeah, he didn't. Was, as I saw it too, he didn't dive. No, yeah, no, it just looked like he was catching a pop fly. Yeah. But he had to go uh, far because what we did not account for here is hang time. We're yeah. just looking at distance here. So I thought that was interesting. And uh, if you if you watched that game, that was the Javi Baez show. I mean, he made an incredible line dri- a catch off of, a, I think, a Harper line drive yeah. that had like a 70% hit probability. Um, and, you know, as we've said before, we're not quite there yet with infield defense in the same way we are with outfield defense. There's no catch probability on this yet, but we will get there. Uh, but in the meantime, we can still use, look how far he had to go, look at his above average sprint speed, and also just look how cool that play looked. So, Javi Baez, welcome to the StatCast uh, Hall of Fame. I imagine we've, that. We've been expecting you. We've been expecting you, uh, and I'm sorry that you got overshadowed within your own show by your own team and uh, a former teammate, Miguel Montero. So that's uh, that's our show for the week. Thank you for listening to us talk about sprint speed. Please go check it out on BaseballSavant.com. I'm Mike Petriello. He's Matt Myers. We will catch you next week. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazon's 
of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. 